Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Through your power, may the risen Christ walk among us. May we, through the hearing of your word, hear, see, touch, and taste your new creation. And in the end, join in to you making all things new. Amen. So imagine this. A good friend discovers your dirty little secret. You go to church. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So much for that setup. Uh, or you're trying out church, even. Imagine they discover this, but they don't roll their eyes this time. They're genuinely interested. And imagine that this curiosity leads them to ask one simple question. What's Christianity all about? One word, one sentence. Would you say Christianity is about morality, right and wrong actions? Or would you say Christianity is about social justice? Advocacy for the least and the lost. Would you answer that Christianity is about sound doctrine or belief? Or would you answer that Christianity is about the afterlife, about life beyond physical death? In one sentence, what would you say? Now, none of these answers would be wrong. They all contain a crucial element of truth, but the thing is, they're not sufficient in of themselves. They don't make for a good, comprehensive, or overall umbrella answer to the question, the bumper sticker answer. Because as important as they may be, they're only partial aspects of a larger whole, which also then makes them partial answers. Today's scripture, however, may provide us with a much better answer, a fuller answer to the question. In this paragraph, tucked way deep in the backwoods of your Bibles, you might remember from last week that this letter is all about a conflict between the Apostle Paul and the Corinthian congregation, a community he helps establish and continues to oversee. Their relationship is broken. Paul's done and said things, they've done and said things, and this letter is Paul's attempt to mend the rift. And one thing when you're dealing with conflict resolution is that you try to find a common ground between the two parties. You try to remind people of shared values or shared principles. So questions like, what is Christianity all about, might be helpful on such occasions. And that's what Paul sort of does here. He goes back to first things. But the conviction he goes back to isn't about morals first. It's not about justice first, about behavior first, belief or afterlife first. No. Paul's answer to the question, what is Christianity all about, is found right here in this text. So... Paul proclaims, so if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. 
Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. It's this teeny tiny conflict between the pastor and the local church, but Paul goes big, as big as you can get. He goes deep, he goes wide, he goes cosmic. Paul's answer to the question, what is Christianity all about, is new creation. Christianity is all about new creation, new creation. Now, before we fully understand what new creation means, we need to understand the opposite, what the old creation is, what old creation means. Because in the Bible, the central problem at the heart of human life isn't just that we do bad things to each other, but that humanity itself, as a whole, since before historical memory, has decided to live out of step, out of tune with the creator of the universe. All those things that are destructive in our lives, greed, selfishness, war, addiction, broken lives, broken families, bigotry, exploitation of human beings, and plundering of the planet, all these things are signs, symptoms of our collective turning away from life in harmony with the creator, which has resulted in our disharmony with each other and the rest of creation. Our human brokenness not only affects us, but it's kind of like a speedboat on a small lake. It's rippled effect, it's, it ripples outwards, touching each and every corner of the lake in its wake. Our world, human life as it is, with its violence, its injustice, struggle, and despair, that's old creation. That's old creation, the one captive to, enslaved by, and imprisoned by the forces of sin and death. And so for Paul, his community's hostility towards each other, its disunity isn't just a personal grudge, a matter of interpersonal conflict. But he sees their broken relationship with each other as part of this larger disease, as a mark of humanity's broken relationship with God. They aren't just fighting with each other. They're stuck in the old creation. And they're clinging to it with all their might. But just as the Bible presents us with the problem of old creation, it also offers us the promise of a way out. And that way out isn't leaving this world behind for a new one, but it's a new creation, the renewal of all things. Behold, I make all things new. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah gives us a vision of new rivers running through dry deserts, blooming with flowers, lions lying down with lambs. The prophet Ezekiel gives an image of a river running from the throne of God that covers creation with living water and renews it. And way at the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, we hear echoes of this too. The last chapter of the Bible, 
the promise of a new heavens and a new earth where there will be no more weeping and every tear wiped away. It's this future promised by God. New, not as in blowing up and starting all over again, but the whole world set right. A renewal, a restoration, a regeneration of the world as God created it to be. Howard Snyder and Joel Scandrett, two evangelical theologians, put it this way. Salvation means creation healed. Salvation means creation healed. All things made new. Now, obviously, Paul doesn't think that this new creation has arrived yet. I mean, clearly, based on the behavior of the Corinthians, it still looks a long way off. And, I mean, you could probably look at the person beside you and be like, oh, there's still a little bit of old creation in you, too. But it's also not something just to bide our time on. For Paul, this new creation has already touched down in our midst. Paul says that in Christ, there is a new creation. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, Paul says, we already have a glimpse of this new creation. In Jesus, he says, God was reconciling the world to himself. And now reconciliation is such a popular word these days, but it means an end to hostility the complete mending of a broken relationship. Though we humans continue to work against God's purposes, God wasn't giving up. In Christ, God was and is healing, reconciling, and making new. We don't have to change God's mind about us. Or God's posture to, God's attitude has been the same yesterday, today, and forever to us, an attitude of redeeming, forgiving Love. Even though we put God to death on a cross, God would go to hell and back to mend that relationship and make us new. So it's our orientation to God, towards God, that now needs to change, not the other way around. Not the other way around. And the change happens by giving our lives over to it and joining in. We can become part of the new creation. We can live in Christ by directing our whole lives towards following Jesus, by setting Christ as the compass for our existence. And when we do, the promise is that our own lives will start to be healed by God's Spirit. The promise is that even we, though we have one foot in the old creation, the other is moving forward and being drawn into the new, on a pathway to a whole new world in the imprint of Jesus' sandals. It's God's work from beginning to end, and it's already begun, but this is only half the picture, because when the new creation takes root 
in us and takes hold in our lives, we are activated for a life of service. So we are ambassadors for Christ, Paul says. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul sees the church as a kind of embassy for the new creation. It's not the new creation, but when you're in Christ, you're standing on home soil. You know, if you're at the U.S. Embassy, you're technically on U.S. soil. When you're in Christ, you're on the soil of the new creation. And he sees those of us who have experienced healing and those of us who are caught up in the new creation as ambassadors, as its representatives to a world that longs to be set free. A little old ragtag community like Corinth. A little old ragtag community like St. George's. A community of people experiencing the gift of new life. Becoming who God created us to be. Imperfect people being reconciled to God and to one another. Extending that new life beyond our walls to anyone else who longs to leave the old creation behind. Our work in this place may seem tiny. It may seem insignificant. But it's not just us. It's not just here. What we do here is a part of something much greater than us. The new creation. God's reconciliation of all things. The new creation hasn't totally arrived, but in Christ, it's begun. The seed's been planted. It's beginning to sprout, and eventually, it'll overtake the whole garden. The new creation has begun with Jesus, and we get to be part of it here and now. With the church as its embassy and us serving as its ambassadors to the whole world, beginning the moment you walk out those doors the new creation. So, the next time somebody finds out your dirty little secret, that's better. The next time somebody you find, finds out you go to church or have a vague interest in it you can't explain, the next time somebody asks you what Christianity is all about, you've got a better answer. It's not the only answer, but it's a fuller, truer answer. Christianity is first and foremost about new creation. Reconciliation, the mending of the world, all things new. It means the world doesn't got to be this way. Our lives don't got to be this way either. Because in Christ, the new creation has begun. It has appeared, it still appears, it's hidden and it's visible, it's there and it's here. Accept it. Enter into it and let it grasp you. Amen.